right we're here for another week of i'm usually more professional we are definitely drunk and we're ducking and weaving through the election cycle ready to spit it out patricia i'm ah kaylee joe hildebrand how are you i'm wonderful ah kaylee how are you that was uh like some uh political asmr there you're familiar with asmr is that the little um crackly tingles yeah saying um words with yeah. Plosive that's my, that's part of my my retirement plan. Once, <laughs> once I get sacked in disgrace, he's ready to speak. He's chomping at the bit, so I'll introduce you now, Sam Dastiari. How thank are you, ya? thank you. No, no, I'm just busy texting Patricia Cavallis. Uh, I think it's o four o two. What should I continue? <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am I allowed to How have her number? How does she have his number? Do you, know, right. do you know what? Like. I knew that you weren't going to finish it, and I know also that this isn't live, so anything can be edited out. But like nine years of live radio, my sphincter just clenched up in fear of like, oh no, someone get our producer to dump his mic. If it was going to be anyone, it was going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> just can't believe politicians and journos have each other's phone numbers. I, I mean, know. I just, what are the odds? I just this is just so weird. Guys, Joe, you never gave me your number. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want me? You can WhatsApp me. <laughs> Hit me up on Snapchat. Guys, this week, <laughs> if Wicker, I prefer, uh, what is it, Signal? Anyway. I like Pinterest. Th- which is the one that, uh, oh, whatever, let's get into let's get into the okay. show. This week, uh, if you've spent any time on Twitter, which you can find on the internet where elections are won and lost. Oh, my God, I knew this was You will see a whole lot of handles with the water drop emoji. Some of them have had the three water drop emojis, which I think to anyone under the age of like 37, that means jizz and so be careful with that one um the water drop emoji really? because yeah it's like squirty thought... cheeky sexting oh, oh i have been sexting right. wrong <laughs> wow i have been sexting about barnaby joyce turns out my relationship with tony burke is a lot closer than i thought <laughs> yeah you got to be using this the single drop there guys really it's, it's far less uh jizzy oh but I'm, um i'm old school where a teardrop meant you did time in prison <laughs> I thought it was just very sweaty. Look, it can be. It depends on context. But, okay. Um, anyway, what that indicates on Twitter at the moment is people calling, I guess, calling for a, a royal commission, calling for a broad, um, non-just journalistic investigation, there was a great sentence, into Watergate. So across the years, any sort of political scandal ever since the actual Watergate scandal has had gate afterwards. And here in Australia, we've gone, fuck it. Let's bring it back to its logical conclusion. (laughs) It's about water as bloody Watergate. Well, I I have a confession to make. Mm -hmm. AH, uh, you were right. Yeah. You were right. You got it. We have given you a very hard time over the past couple of episodes because of your famous words, which uh, which we I thought was going to carry us through with this mm. show. Which Elections is, are won and lost on Twitter. I didn't say on Twitter. I said online. online Michael Daly okay. was brought down by a YouTube video. I think Michael Daly was brought down by Michael Daly as well. But, yes, you're <laughs> right. You're Michael right, Daly right. was brought down by the fact that the YouTube video was put on the front page <laughs> of the Daily Telegraph. <laughs> Sure. But then you got us. That's how it was found. You're right. You got us. Peter Fox heard about it. He tracked it down. He 
put it out on social media and then was told, hey, hang on, let's wait. Mm. So he waited until right before the election to put it back out again. Well, age, you were completely right. Uh, I stand here humbled. Uh, We have given you a hard time, but there is no doubt that the push on social media and on Twitter about the Watergate issue, I mean, obviously sensational journalism from from Michael West uh, and the project, but that Mm. push on media and social media, I think, undoubtedly had an impact on on, on getting it out there. And uh, I have a few things I'm going to drop about this today, (gasps) too. What a shock. What a drop. Who would have thought? Oh. Sorry. No, it was great. It, no, that it was wasn't. an awe If you have respect. to say it's great, it, it was. was. For those who, who can't see, by the way, as I'm saying this, for reasons that I don't understand, Joe Hildebrand <laughs> is just rubbing his own muscles. <laughs> well, you know, I liked <laughs> Is everything all right, Anne? For those of you who couldn't see that, I just spat water out my nose. <laughs> hey, it's okay. That's right. That's right. Don't fight that, your feelings. That's right. It's that's natural. The, that's the second less creepy thing going on that's here it. at the moment. Um, okay. Back to the water. Yep. So let's just take a step back about yep. what the – Basis yeah, of so, so to, just explain it because it's ridiculously complicated, but you know what it is, so tell us. Okay. At a very, very simple level, and this is not something that in itself is all that simple, what you have is a bunch of water that was bought for $80 million. $27 million. Oh, sorry, no. the, the second time around. Yeah, yeah, when the government bought it. Sorry, the yeah. government pays $80 million for water yep. that the market for a long period of time seemed to value it somewhere at $27 million, yep. and whether it was even worth that is a question in itself. This is how I feel about bottled water. It's like $4.50 these days. No, you're Fuck right. Off. You're the first person right? to explain it. Right. In a way that normal people can understand. There we go. I'm a I girl think it's of the more people. expensive than bottled water. <laughs> and apparently that's the water shit. Point, Sam. The it, would have, water- it would have been better off buying milk. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, so yeah. $80 million they get paid for. Now, the money goes to a company that was set up by a federal member of parliament called Angus Taylor, federal member for Hume, which is kind of the outer areas around Canberra, somewhere between kind of southern highlands, between Sydney and Canberra, federal members there called Angus Taylor. He set up the company that ended up buying it, or sorry, selling it for $80 million before he went into parliament. And the whole controversy, question mark, whatnot is – where who are the beneficiaries of this Cayman Island business that seemed to make all the money? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who are the beneficiaries? Was there something dodgy going on? Was there kickbacks? Was there not? Was there something improper? Was there not? And you have claim and counterclaim. And I think this is blowing up now into what is going to be an extraordinarily big issue for this election. So let's uh, going back to the very beginning. If let me tell me if I've got this right. So. Angus Taylor, before he enters parliament, co-founds a company. Yes. That uh, he sets up in, headquartered in the Cayman Islands. Yes. Which is a tax shelter. Um, I thought people at, go there for the holidays. At some point, <laughs> a lot of very nice PO boxes you can look at. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he buys $27 million, I think it was, uh, uh, worth of I think flood water. Yes. Something like water that. Water rights. In a, water yes. water rights in a, in a flood yes. plain. Yes. Um, holds on to it. He then, uh, and he's a director of this company, co-founds, that's normal. He says he's got no pecuniary interest and he never has. And I find it weird that I don't understand why he set up a, com- a company not to make money. But anyway, but so he says he's never got any money yep. from it. Let's take him at his word. Um, he leaves it all behind, resigns those positions when he enters parliament. And then, you know, flash forward, 
suddenly the federal government, when Barnaby Joyce's water minister, is buying this $27 million worth of water for $79 million, which is a, what, 200 300% markup, something like that, on the advice of his department, he says, and a suggestion by the Queensland Labor government. Is that about where we're well, at the Well, moment? the Queensland Labor government are now distancing themselves from any well, of involvement whatsoever. Of course they whatsoever. are, but they, but did, no, they, they did say. There's, there's correspondence, isn't Sorry, there? guys, let's make this clear. The Queensland Labor, 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 Labor government, as Barnaby Joyce insisted upon. Now, what I'm fascinated by this, though, is just the power. So that, that is the story. That's the story that's in the public domain. That's in the public domain. Now, the, the bit that... I'm fascinated by is actually the power of social media in setting the agenda of this campaign. What what was predicted by the great AHU That's earlier, right. right? Because online is where elections are won and lost. Are online, they won and lost? Well, it started off with being Patricia Cavallis, right, getting ripped apart on the internet, ripped apart because she got a text message from Barnaby and read it out live during Insiders. That was where it started. Mm. And then by the end of that day – had interviewed him on the air and she – look, I've got to say, it, it was 30 of the sexiest minutes mm. of my life, right? And that's a, a pretty bad <laughs> reflection on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether I want to ask you to elaborate on that or not. Uh, well, a female journalist's 30 minutes was incredibly sexy well, to you. Not, not because of uh, because of Barnaby. I mean, it was just the most mm. excruciating. You were, li- you were live tweeting it just to us. You were live well, WhatsApping it, it, it just to us. I was live WhatsApping it. Yeah, I was like, guys, you've got to fucking shoot it. Oh, my God, now Barnaby's just got, oh, my God, it's just got even crazier. You it did just wild. live tweet it to the – well, you live you live WhatsApped live it. Yeah, WhatsApped it to I, us. I think live I, tweeting is too – Live tweeting is when you're actually doing it on Twitter. I think – Let's cut out the live bit. I was updating you guys you in our excited. group chat as it went along. And as someone observed <laughs> that there was outrage, there's outrage on Twitter that Patricia Cavallis had the number of a politician yeah. on a show called Insiders. <laughs> Like, if the insiders don't have the phone number of a politician, then who the fuck does? Yeah. Oh, anyway, that's a good one. Um, okay. So last night I sent a couple of tweets out. I'm all revved up about this Watergate issue. Mm. I, I'm I'm yeah. I have PTSD scandal. That's so every right. time there's another yeah. scandal, I feel like everyone else should have to resign. Yeah. And so I'm tweeting this that I end up getting a couple of private messages, get a few phone calls. From a few uh, whistleblowers within the department at the moment. So this is what is now currently going on in the department. Oh, wait, actual the, 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 whistleblowers or people who have just told department. you stuff? I believe well, if you're telling well, me stuff, you become a whistleblower. <laughs> okay, right. Well, let's say so. Let's well, let's not say who the channels are or who the but so let's so we'll protect our sources. But so you're getting word from people inside the water department, the people who should have been or were involved in the handing over of this. So, amount of money, which was not, which is a private contract, wasn't it? it wasn't didn't go out to public tender. It did tender. not go out to public tender. There is a huge fear at the moment within the department at its most senior levels, and so there should be about the reckoning that will come afterwards after this election. Mm. So let's play out where things are at the moment. Yep. Right? There is a likely Labor government, according to all the published polls. Yep. Now, we're insiders on this podcast. We know anything can happen. But if you're going to go by the betting market, if you're going to go by sports bets odds, which is obviously always correct, <laughs> is going to be a Labor yeah. government. And ironically, after the Watergate scandal, that's made that almost unbackably likely. So- 
if you're assuming that there is a whole bunch of people at the moment sitting within the department who are shitting themselves, who know more than their minister has told them to take, who are now in caretaker mode, which means they have no minister, who at this point in time are going to have to make a decision. Do they blow the lid on what has actually gone on here? Mm -hmm. Do they actually come out? Do they say what happened? Right? Or do they keep what you know, staying quiet and run the risk of being accused of covering up. Because if they run the risk of being accused of being cover up, you know, the fear is an incoming Labor government will sack the- them all. Yeah. And and frankly, I am not part of the show anymore. I'm not part of the Labor oppos- opposition. Mm-hmm. My personal view would be if they don't come forward now, and this is what yeah. I have said to people who I know know what actually happened, if you don't come forward now, my personal view is a Labor government should sack you immediately yeah. on the day in which they form government, if they form government, because, frankly, in this kind of an environment, omission and being quiet is part of the cover-up. And it's we all know it's never the crime, it's the cover-up that gets you. Well, look, people within the department know what happened. Okay, so... They've what, told me what happened, but... but I, this, I, is, you know, this is what yeah. I don't understand. I know there's things you can and can't say, but... What possible motive would a bureaucrat have for telling the minister to give a, a, a water license or to buy 80 million bucks worth of water off a company that was once held by another minister but with which that minister no longer has any relationship or any financial interest? How on earth does it benefit the bureaucrat? I don't understand. If they were the ones who provided the advice, mm. what is what is possibly in it for them? Or is there a suggestion that the minister said, this is the advice I want you to give me? Look, the question that hasn't been answered right, is what was if there was any level of political involvement when you're talking about that kind of money without a tender process that involves a company that had a federal member of parliament? involved with it. Look, I've got to say, I think the social media world has done an incredible job of pushing this along. Obviously, Michael West, the project started it. Other other media outlets have, have really jumped yep. on board with Hamish it. Hamish McDonald did a great yeah. job. Hamish McDonald yeah. did a great job. fucking killing it, Hamish McDonald and the project. Yeah, he's definitely Smashing the second best it. journalist at Channel 10. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm my take on all of this right, is where there is smoke, there is usually fire. Mm. The rumours that are coming out of the department about what really went on go far beyond what's been out there in the public domain. I, I've been around politics long enough to know, firstly, you've got to be very, very careful about rumours, but as a personal rule, I found out more often than not they tend to be true. No. I think there is more to this story. This isn't the tip of the iceberg. This is barely a speck of the iceberg. There will be – my prediction is this on this podcast – by one week from now, there will be talk of a proper Royal Commission. I don't believe the Auditor-General's uh, review report is going to be sufficient. I don't think that's going to settle this issue. Because it can't compel witnesses? Or can't, well, it can't compel. Um, people aren't afraid of it. People aren't afraid of its powers. The Auditor-General- Oh, here comes begin- a big accountant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Auditor-General really just looks at the um, uh, accounting processes that have yeah. taken place. Yeah. There is bigger political issues here at play. Um, no. This is, you know, everyone's been trying to compare it to Hello World or a few other things have happened. Mm. I think this is the biggest scandal in the past decade of Australian politics. I will say, my, there, there are two things that make me 
sort of worried about this. One is that, um, firstly, I don't understand why when this was awarded, Angus Taylor didn't just make a brief statement to the House and say, by the way, just so you know, my office has made me aware that this thing, mm. this this um, this contract has gone to this company. Uh, I just want to know this is a company I co-founded and used to be a director of. However, I have no pecuniary interest in it and I am no longer in any way involved with the company in any way, shape or form. It would have been wiser to do better why housekeeping didn't, why didn't, on it. Surely, did, why didn't he just do that? Did he do it because he simply did not know that a company he co-founded just got $80 million? I mean, maybe he did, and maybe, and if, and if, if it's very and if, generous, though that, and no, maybe he did. It is very generous, but I suppose, and given that he has unequivocally said that he doesn't have any financial interest in it, his his wife, I think, he's also said his family doesn't have any financial interest in it. If if all that is true, then how? Is he getting a benefit? So if, if, if someone is yeah. getting a benefit from it, mm. it would have to be so nefarious that I, I agree with Sam. If something came of it, it would have to be huge because at the moment there is there is a smoking gun but there is no body. To me this stinks. And actually I've got to say at time of recording there's two things that I'm surprised about. One is that Angus Taylor hasn't said anything. I'm actually surprised by that. Right, that he hasn't. There's no being press conference. No this, no that. There's just been a statement. Firstly, and secondly, I'm actually genuinely surprised that the Labor opposition has not said that they will do something more than an Auditor General's report. And maybe they're building to it. I, I'm genuinely not in the know on this. But isn't that because Labor has given these guys money well, as well? Do a royal commission. Do I mean, a this royal is what commission. they do. They sell money. They sell water. Labor's paid them for water. The, the Libs have paid them for water, and that's or whoever. The process here, right? And look, again, the problem to- is that no one knew that yeah. Angus Taylor was involved, and that I think is the problem. It's the cover up at this stage, not the crime. Yeah, and look, I mean, Tony Burke's big enough and bad enough to, to look up and represent himself. His point that he has been making on social media is that they had an open tender process uh, 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 when it was allocated at yep. the time, yep. and this was not a tender process. Yep. Now that's what Tony Burke True. has been saying. Yep. Now again, have a royal commission. Get to the bottom of it. You could have a quick, sharp, small... Chip. Can I tell you one thing? I'll tell you what a Royal Commission will cost less than, if you do it right. It'll cost you less than $80 million. <laughs> so at time of recording, it is the Tuesday after the public holiday, we've we've all had our, our long stretch off and we're thrilled to be going back to work, as I'm sure uh, you, you're probably listening to this on the commute to, to your job uh, and you have my deepest apologies and sympathies. It was a non-campaign campaign weekend. Sam, you said to us in our last episode that, you know, they the, the Labor and the LNP will have called a campaigning truce. We're not doing it. We're not doing it on this most holy of weekend. Mm. But instead there'll be journos following them to church and, and yada, yada, yada. And, boy, were you right. I know. It's just uh, even I'm somewhat surprised. There's a great saying that is even a broken clock is right twice a day. Mm. <laughs> and it feels like, okay. I love with Noel and I. <laughs> but I have to say, it was even by what I was predicting and talking about, it went beyond that mm. because it was ridiculous. It was freaky shit, yeah. right? It was freaky stuff. You know, look, the footage of the Prime Minister of Australia at going to church is mm. something that we're all familiar with, we've all seen, right? Mm. Howard was very careful and private about this stuff, but the 
previous religious prime ministers we've had, um, you know, Kevin Rudd and others, have all kind of done it to an extent. But the the evangelical, the hands yeah. out, the mm. I, look. I actually it think was literally it, happy clappy. It was a. It in, was. It was very Jesus camp. Mm. It was. But yes, you know, Jesus camp. Right? Yes, that is a good. Yes, you're right. Ah, Jesus camp. Uh, a, a shout out to Netflix there. Um, no, no, but seriously, <laughs> it was. It's like it it's, was cr- I found it creepy. I mean, I'm. Uh, well, I was about to say I'm not religious, but that's I was raised Catholic, so in that sense, even though I'm lapsed, I will always be mm. religious because you just can't wash it out. This is the thing, thing. I think this is what I was just on the phone to a guy in the the Labor Party who's who was just saying that is actually a re- even just Hang the middle on, of the had your number. That had my number. It's amazing. How did he get a hold of me? Me, a humble <laughs> journalist. Um, so, and he was saying this this will freak out Middle Australia. Middle Australia like every you know you know what Australia likes. Australia likes someone who believes in God but doesn't go on about it and only goes to church on Christmas and Easter, right? Like that's that's what we want. We want someone who actually believes in heaven and believes in God and doing nice things and maybe baking some scones or whatever but isn't too full on about it. And I'm yeah. like, like I, I'm, a, I'm a Catholic and our um, basically our, it's the evangelical thing that also freaks us out, the proselytite being loud about it. Like the Catholic's philosophy is basically fuck off, we're full. You know, yeah. mm. we're going to heaven. We don't care what happens to you. We've been, you know, we got whole countries. We got the world. We started two thousand years ago. You know, all you Johnny come lately is waving your hands in the air. Sing about Jesus all you want. It's not going to work. Yeah. Is it possible that we're jealous of their ceremonies? Because it used to be we had the pomp and the grandeur and the stained glass windows and the men in a dress and fucking incense, handbags on fire. Yeah, they have better music. That, well, true. well, do they? I don't oh, really yeah. know how I we feel some, about Christian rock I know, in no this one, room. No one ever sang. Aretha <laughs> Franklin back. didn't grow up singing gospel in a Catholic church. Yeah, look, yeah, that's the, that's the, oh, well, I mean these ones, not yeah. as the, panel's the model ones. Token Muslim, I feel the need to speak <laughs> up at this uh, at this juncture in between my five sets of daily prayer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I think it's a fail, and here's why I think it's a fail. Yep. Right? There are when you're pandering to ethnic or religious or other communities. Right, there are things you do and do that, that send signals to those communities that don't try and go beyond that. And Morrison has stuffed up by overdoing it, just as I think they stuffed up in the uh, Wentworth by-election. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, right, yep. Wentworth by-election. Right. Hey, you Jews like Jerusalem, right? We'll exactly. put our embassy there. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The Labor Party polled. What, we only did one set of polling in the middle of the Wentworth by-election. That was just to make sure our vote, to see where our vote was at, yep. you know, this and that, right? And it kind of had collapsed because, you know, it really became a two-corner contest between Karen Phelps and uh, and, and uh, David Sharma. But the moving the embassy thing failed. And the reason why it failed is if you were a hardcore orthodox line voter and that was your biggest issue you were not going to vote for an openly I think quite amazing but lesbian woman called Dr. Karen Fobbs you were not doing that anyway mm. right? Yep. same as this yep. if you're an evangelical voter who is moved by faith based issues right, you were already voting yep. for Scott Morrison now Malcolm Turnbull when he wanted to quote unquote pander Right? We'll do things like talk about, hey, we're going to do something practical like improve security at both Muslim and Jewish yep. schools. Yeah. So if you actually noticed in 2007 when, hard to believe, it looked like Malcolm might lose his seat to a guy called George Newhouse, all of a sudden there was this government money that suddenly appeared yep. for, for both. And they did it well, you know. Yeah, they, no, it was for it Jewish well. and for um, Muslim schools for more security. It was a real practical thing. It sent the signal to the community. In 2004, 
when Costello was trying to kind of shore up his conservative base in a bid to start moving towards, he went out to Hillsong and gave a big speech at Hillsong. And actually, and people forget this, Bob Carr did it in 2003. But, you know, Scott has almost taken it just that one Mm. step too far. Almost? Well, with Costello and Carr, it's like, I'm speaking to you, but I'm not one of you. So I'm inclusive. I tolerate you, and that's fine. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, look, hey, yeah, I'm a bit gaudy. I'm a bit of a Christian myself, you know. So I'm gonna give this speech here. But hey, I'm not in the, I'm not in the audience waving my hands in the air and going, Jesus loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. So both parties broke the truce. The conservatives broke it by bringing cameras into kind of church. Labor decided that it was a great time to talk about penalty rates, right? And kind Correct. of use that. And it was a good. I mean, politically, right? Um, I. I have to say, I think that, that, and I would say this anyway, Labor won the weekend, right? Yeah. Labor won the non-campaign yeah. campaign because they broke it on something that they could kind of justify. But also, do you know what? But I'd I, say that anyway. And I think, I think this is how, I think you're right, but I think it's this is also how ScoMo, I think there's two possibilities. One is he wasn't actually pandering to the evangelical community. They're just his people. He was actually there. And that's almost a bit more of a worry, I think, for people who see the visuals. Like, Holy crap, does he really believe all this? Is he actually mm-hmm. going to start speaking in tongues? I mean, what's going on here? But um, I think there were two days where the campaign was meant to be suspended. Good Friday, which is actually the holiest day in the Christian calendar, certainly the most solemn, and then Easter Sunday, which is what it's all about. Boom, baby. Yeah, he's back. Okay. <laughs> um, so and what happened on Good Friday was ScoMo, oh, okay, no campaigning, no campaigning, no campaigning. Um, ScoMo just goes off to church, another church, a more modest uh, church for the service, um, and Shorten and Chloe go to a soup kitchen run by the Salvos, and that was a masterstroke. So that is the Clayton's campaign. That's a campaign. So while, you know, happy clappy ScoMo is out there talking to God with his weird Christian-y people, even though that was quite a normal church service, he's out there with a Christian organisation, with an evangelical Christian organisation, but doing something practical, helping the poor, and there's all those beautiful images of the very photogenic Chloe beaming while she hands out the thing. And I reckon as soon as I saw those images, if I was ScoMo, I would have got my staff around and said, right, why the fuck was I in church when he's handing out soup to the homeless? Mm. What's, you know, why didn't didn't anyone tell me to do that? And then he starts... Foaming at the mouth. As the, as 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 the again as as the Muslim here who has no understanding of, of Christian tradition. Hang on, Sunday is the holy day. Then what's Easter Monday? Easter Monday is just a public Nothing. holiday. Oh it's really? Not, yeah. It's a rot. I thought. I Easter thought Monday Jesus was crucified on the Friday and returned yep. on the Monday. No, everyone no, gets he, confused. He, he rose so, from the dead. Rose, on Sunday. Everyone says oh, it's three days. You know, he was yeah, dead okay. three days. No, no, no. He rose on the third day. So it's actually only two days. He dies on Friday afternoon. There's a big thunderbolt. The temple yep. um, uh, the temple mount collapses and there's an earthquake and blah, 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 blah. And then um, on the Sunday, which is actually only in two days' time, so, you know, oh. forget about your long weekend, um, the women go to the um, the the tomb, which is provided to him by Joseph Arimathea, who was probably the first... You know, first major religious donor, um, and um, and the <laughs> women, the women are amazed because, and this is the thing that people don't sort of, yeah, but the women are amazed because Jesus isn't there, mm. and this is why I actually really love Christianity, and I think it's the most interesting religion because it's the most complex. Now, when Christ was killed on the cross, and then when his body actually disappeared, this was not part of the plan. This was not meant to happen. All his followers, and probably he himself, thought that God would save him or deliver some kind of um, deliverance on Mm. earth. 
And this is why he says at the, at the end, but before he dies on the cross, my God, my God, wh- why have you abandoned me? Yeah. If it was actually meant to happen, if this was all part of the prophecy, it would have been, my God, my God, everything's going to plan. Mm. Thanks very much. It's very Game of Thrones. And then, like you of think course, this when is going to happen wow. okay, and, so then right. the and then the protagonist gets and then, killed. That's right. And, and then yeah. when the women go to the tomb, they go, oh, my God, he's gone. So well, hang on a minute. If he's meant to rise up and you can't kill him, mm. and he's like, everlasting, why, why wouldn't... Why would they be surprised? And of course, the gunner says, "Joe, is what you're trying you, to say? Why are you searching for the living among the, the To dead? paraphrase in modern language, what he was really saying on the cross was, hashtag, I'm usually more professional. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. So as always, part of our commitment here is to help inform your vote, to let you know what's going on outside of the major parties. We look at the micro parties. Now, I don't I don't know how if we can really call United Australia Party a micro party. Like they are definitely mm. a micro party, but they're they're rich and by the sounds of and they're fucking everywhere. And by the sounds of things, they're going pretty well. Thirty million dollars so far has been spent on this campaign. And they've had um, some pretty fucking good poll results. It's a micro party with a mega budget. And uh, now right. they think might hold sway in um, a couple of key marginal seats. I'm not too sure about this. So everyone knows United Australia Party, the one, you know, Vanity Project by Clive Palmer. Mm. Um, it was a minor party um, back when Palmer managed to win a seat in the, the lower house. And I think he had three senators. Um, all up, but they kept Well, four him. at one point. Four at one, and then they just kept dropping off like flies. Yeah, well, he kind of adopted uh, uh, the Ricky Muir and then lost Ricky. Yep. He had Jackie. Jackie lost and then Jackie. lost her. And he then had the brick Wayne. with eyes just kept. Right. Yeah, the brick with eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He had Laz and then Laz quit. And then he had um, Senator Wang from Western Australia. That's right, Dio Wang. And Dio Wang quit and joined the Liberal Party. So, in right. fact, it actually, you know what? It's a pretty fucking good effort to start off with, like, what's that saying, you know, lose one to, like, it's just getting <laughs> to careless. To lose one parent, it's Lady Bracknell and the importance of being earnest. To lose one parent is a misfortune. To lose two looks like chaos. <laughs> um, anyway, so he's back, baby. He's back and he's bad. He is, um, they reckon, so Herbert is the seat based around Townsville. It is literally 50-50 according to the latest news polls. That, or um, as we say where I'm from is Sydney, 50-50. 50 50 mate. 50-50. That's And um, – they're now saying the spin is this, that that Palmer, believe it or not, even though this is the town where he sent all the Queensland nickel workers broke and they're still waiting for their entitlements, mm. um, this is where he's actually polling the highest. This is where he said he was going to run and Richo said he, he'll never do it and, as usual, Richo's right. But he's got 14%. He's polling higher yeah. in Herbert than One Nation. He's polling higher than... Uh, I would think any other minor party. And this is the place where he should be pelted with rotten eggs and tomatoes in the streets. And I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Lay yes. it on us. Because Clive is saying, hey, I know I know you lost your jobs and you're, you're still need the money, but I'm going to pay it back. I'm going to pay it back. I'm going to pay it back. I promise you, every cent, every cent. Like, he's, I mean, he sounds like Arthur Daly, but whatever. So I reckon there is a sentiment there. A, I reckon there's just name recognition. Like, oh, I remember that guy. But I reckon it's like that old... Adage that if you owe the bank a million bucks, it's your problem. But if you owe the bank a hundred million bucks, it's the bank's problem. Because the only way <laughs> the bank can get its money back yeah. is to help you get back on your feet. So I reckon there is a sentiment out there. So maybe Clive keeps saying, you know, Clive, he's done us good before. 
if we can get him back on his feet, get him a spot in the Senate, get uh, get his political um, power back up, uh, that he will actually, mm. he, he will actually. Oh, you know. no. So, no, so you're he wrong, needs Joe, this you're to wrong. get them. I don't think Joe. Well, why is he on 14% in a place where he should be the most hated man in the universe? Yeah. Okay. It, it may not be that he's actually following through on this plan, but that's the idea that's been given. Oh, I'm not, yeah, I'm, oh, whether oh, Clive's doing it or okay. not, that's yeah. completely this is, what, this is why I think Joe's wrong. You are wrongly assuming that the people of Herbert believe what any politician tells them, let alone Clive Palmer. I actually, here is my theory on what's happened. He has spent more money there in advertising than anywhere else. You drive through, you know, look, I mean, I live in, you know, suburban Sydney, right? And there are Clive Palmer posters fucking everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Right? On, he was planning to run for Herbert himself. Yep. Oh, so he says he was. He says he was. But I mean, yeah. But let's say, yep, sure. They have spent, or his party has spent, it appears, somewhere around $38 million so yep. far. Which is more than both the major parties combined, just to give you an idea of how ridiculous it is. And in the end, by the end of the campaign, we'll spend 50 is the figure that he's been throwing out there, right? When he first said, I'm going to spend 50 million, everyone thought, yeah, bullshit. And now it looks like he's actually going to spend 50 million. Yeah. Because he won that big court case against the Chinese and. They had to give him a whole bunch of money. Yes. So I suspect there is at least one or two million drop just in Herbert. I think he has just pumped so much money. Here is what my prediction is going to be. I think he's peaked too early. I think last time when he did well, right, and that was two elections ago, he kind of crept up with his weird ads and his weird campaign right at the last minute. Mm. Much like uh, <laughs> personal experiences taught me, don't peak too early in an election campaign. Yeah. Or in a night out. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to counter your theory with money. another theory. I think another. <laughs> I, th- I think something else that is happening in all seriousness, though, is that um, uh, he's picking up a whole bunch of sort of soft One Nation votes that they is um, one nation might have light. lost. Uh, he's a bit One Nation light, but also- One like, Nation, no I sugar. Think, I still think that One Nation's core base will stick with them through thick and thin and they'll believe the, the guns for, for cash- kind of scandal, the Al Jazeera, ABC stuff, mm. um, they'll believe that is all a left-wing government Marxist conspiracy and they will stick with Pauline. But there will be some soft voters who are using One Nation as a vehicle for a protest vote because they're just sick of the two major parties because they're as bad as each other and, by gosh, haven't they proved them right? And and so once One Nation looks like, thinking, oh, hang on, they look a bit, firstly a bit hopeless, pissheads and probably treasonous, um, they think, oh well, we'll go, we'll go to Clive. I've seen his billboard around. So I think there's a lot of that happening there as well, because of course they're also at what seven percent or something in Lindsay, yeah, which is which is another another seat, which I think is this is Western Sydney based around Penrith, which would Where probably Labor dump their candidate, yeah, which Labor dump their candidate. So you've got again, uh, like you, you almost got a microcosm there of the the the, the shit that's been happening in Canberra just in this little seat where, you know, the knifing mm. of a candidate for what turned out to be no particular good reason um, and and now they have – they're basically saying, well, again, you're both as bad as each other. I want to park my vote somewhere else and Clive seems like as good a well, place as any. Now, I, I also have for us some correspondence <gasps> on minor parties. Correspondence. Ah. Correspondence. Correspondence. So uh, had lunch today with uh, former – Senator David Lionhill. Oh. Can, we, can we call him a friend of the show? Friend of the, friend show. Of the show. Friend, friend of, of the, the show, show David Lionhill. exact words were, he calls me up and he goes, oh, what do I do as an ex-politician? I said, mate, you can be promoted to the world of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, who is facing a legal court case that starts next week. 
with, one. Uh, no, the one with Sarah Hansen. Oh, Yard. right. So that's still going. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I thought it assumed it got settled. Yeah, I thought he would have no. just paid the money. And- well, I don't. Well, I I think Sarah's. You know, and you know, more power to her. But Sarah's made a decision. I think she's seeing this thing through. I'm not quite sure. He, really. I don't know what's going I, on there. Let's just quickly rewind. So this is a defamation case that Sarah Hansen Young uh, filed against David Lionhelm. Yes. Yes. Because he said he said she was saying that women she was talking about importing mace or something into Australia so women could protect themselves or something. And, and he, he took, asked her, why, why, why won't you he, stop he said having something sex like, with stop men? Shagging yeah. men yeah. or whatever? I, I believe he quite horribly and wrongly yeah, same. Um, uh, implied you know, was making kind of um, sexual implications about Sarah, which are completely unfounded, untrue, and unfair. But just, but a bit just, above that, I think, just rude and a bit mm, low. And I'm, you know, it's gross. Like I'm, really I'm all gross. for free speech. Don't get me wrong, but you know, if if, if arguments in the Senate chamber are reduced to, oh, you're a bit of a, you know, like, yeah, oh, anyway. um, and he called my friend Angela Bishop a bitch as well. Well, he. But other than that, I quite like. Yeah, he, uh, he, he pointed <laughs> out to me. Show. Friend, friend of the show. show. <laughs> friend of the show. He said to me, he goes, "Hey, you've got this podcast with um, uh, that uh, you know um, um, Joe Hildebrand and Asia." Yeah, yeah. He goes, he goes, "Did you on your first episode talk about me showing you porn in the Australian oh my Senate?" God. Yes. And I, 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 I looked him straight in the face. I looked him across. I said, "David, that is a complete and utter lie." <laughs> You know how we talk about it's not the crime, it's the cover-up? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that perhaps given that what you said is on tape in the public domain. Very easily accessible. You are constantly retweeting links to it saying how defamatory it is. Yeah. Do you think that maybe are we didn't just Are you saying that I need through? to be careful about things that have been recorded of me saying that they might come back to bite me later? Is that what you're trying no, to No, I'm saying we just got a new <laughs> subscriber. <laughs> Okay, that was our first bit of correspondence. Back. Okay, good, Second bit of correspondence. Now, last week we spoke about uh, Max K and others from the Micro Party Flux. Yes. yes. I love these guys. Now, interesting fun tidbits. Nathan, who was the Flux co-founder, as well as Max, have been Section 44 Oh, hang on. Wait. So they're not... No. They're not from around here. They are Tell us Italian what Section 44 is. and Polish. Oh, Section 44 is when it appears you may or may not dual citizenship. It's a dual yep. citizenship. That's issue. right. So this is what almost brought undone. Barnaby, Matt Canavan, got a whole bunch of Polish knocked out because they were citizens of other countries where you're not allowed to be. If you're in the Parliament of Australia, you can only be a citizen of Australia, which is kind of stupid for the most multicultural place on earth. Yeah, anyway, totally. So uh, uh, on the basis of being Italian and Polish, so they were both out, but they wanted to bring our attention to another Micro party, mm-hmm. the Australian Liberty Alliance changed their name to the Yellow Vest Australia, which means nothing to me. What does Yellow means Vest nothing mean? Nothing here. It's that's, uh, that's strong the, branding. This is, the, this is the longest running protest in the mm. history of. French, this is the most the French have ever protested against anything. They didn't even protest against the Nazis in World War Two. Oh, yeah, that's right. I said oh, it. Oh, whoa, 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 dogs. That's right. Um, How does this compare to the episode uh, four when we're talking about the Nazis? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't the rule is as soon as you bring up the Nazis, you've lost? Yeah, that's, that's, um, well, that's and they didn't bring up the Nazis. But um, anyway, but anyway, they they did a dirty deal with the Nazis. It was a disgrace. How, anyway, does, how does this the, the yellow but, vest protest compare to say the revolution? So the so yellow vest. I've never heard of this. Okay, so Emmanuel Macron, centrist. Yep. Prime Minister of France. He started his own party called, I think, On March, which means, you know, forward or whatever. Yep. Um, he's, he's, he's a sort of a fi- former finance minister, I think, in a sort of socialist Democrat government, but he's gone out on his own. So he's, he's this great sort of centralist experiment. We're seeing all this volatility in politics 
liberal democracies the world over. This time, instead of one popping up from the far left or the far right, it's been happening everywhere else, suddenly it's popped up in the centre. This party that didn't exist just a couple of yep. months ago wins the presidential election and then the parliamentary election in a landslide. So what happens? It's a great festival of everyone just celebrating the best ideas, searching for common ground, common solutions to problems and letting the facts guide them. No fucking way. It means that he's hated by both the left <laughs> ah, and the right. Yep, yep, yep. So now his Good. approval rating is absolutely plummeted. There are even conspiracy theorists who think that um, that the, the the burning down of the Notre Dame Cathedral oh, God, was an like inside a, like job, a flag was thing. a false flag thing because that, wow. that, that he's trying to engineer his own nine eleven to boost his oh popularity. My God. Joe Hildebrand is now Australia's <laughs> like Alex Jones. That's right. I obviously do not believe this conspiracy theory, but um, that's <laughs> how that's <laughs> how far his stocks are falling. I'm Joe Rogan. Like. I'm a bit less yeah, insane yeah, yeah. So about he, it. You just interview him. So yeah. and part of what has been besetting him is that he has got this protest going. He introduced tried to introduce uh, basically a sort of some kind of fuel tax to help combat climate change and blah, 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 blah. And so all these working-class people who rely on their cars a lot, um, uh, and, and many of whom rely on them for work, sick to death of being taxed, got no money. France is a quite high-taxing country anyway, and they take to the streets in their yellow vests, which, of course, is you know, symbol of the, mm. the working class, the high-vis yellow floor. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, right? okay, yes, high-vis. Yeah, okay, it's okay, not okay. like Mardi Gras kind of, you know, Oh, were, were you thinking like a, like a Paddington kind of, I think that's what Paddington wear. When you heard yellow vest, were you thinking like, a, um, like you'd find in a thrift shop? I am really impressed that you're under the assumption I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, maybe, maybe one of those sort of old man sort of yeah, bond singlets yeah, that but- was white once. Oh yeah. Oh, but, uh, um, anyway. So, so anyway, so they're all there, and of course the left go, oh, awesome, love a protest. Who doesn't love mm. a protest? Oh, they're protesting. We're bonkers. For and them. so the sort of green left activists try to sort of ride on the coattails of this protest, but of course they can't because they are pro-action on climate change and, and generally sort of pro-tax. Okay. So you've got this weird thing where you've got this anti-tax, working class, anti-climate action kind of group who should be the left's yep. baby. Should, the left should be looking after them. They're, they're, these, are, these are the workers. And then you've got this sort of new progressive, you know, more sort of inner city hip left who are all in for climate change and more tax and everything, and they just can't get it together and then Macron is like piggy in the middle, being screwed by both of them, even though the the two sides on the left and right okay. can't get along. So, so what on earth does this have to? Why would you then name an Australian political party based on an well, not obscure if you're French, right? Mm. But 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 obscure by Australian standards, like an, a a domestic French political movement. Why would you name an Australian political party of that? Because I've come across Australian Liberty Alliance before. Yeah, right. these were like the anti-halal nutbags. Yeah, right? yeah. These people stalked me online, were obsessed. That's that a petition about me, and I once made a joke about Pauline Hanson and halal snackbacks and some shit like that, and they just went nuts, like ripped me to shreds for it. So, what on earth have they got to do with a French protest? Well, Joe a lot like the Explain one. It. <laughs> well, the short answer is absolutely nothing. But the the, the like a lot of things, all these things. Are happening online where elections are won and where lost. Where elections are won and lost. And so the hard right gets is getting very energised about – the hard right has been very energised by Trump rallies. The, the hard right yep. is kind of, mm. if you like, trying to seize activism, grassroots activism from the hard left. And so when it sees something like um, the Yellow Vest movement, which is now I think in its 20-something week, like Paris gets shut down pretty much every weekend because these guys keep coming out. 
which again has fueled the, the, the conspiracy theories. If you look at what's happened with the Occupy Wall Street movement, that was actually appropriated. You couldn't think of anything more basically sort of fundamentally left-wing than saying, oh, you know, we're the 99%, you 1% elites, you know, you've got all the money and all the power and we're coming for it. Even that got hijacked, if you like, or co-opted or joined by the hard right who also have this idea mm. of all these elites out there somewhere running the show, these globalists, you know, yeah. these global global business people who want to be one world so they can get all their money. Mm. So, again, as I keep trying to warn people, the hard right and the hard left are kind of fusing together into this sort of crazy absolutist just a hard on. activist group, just a hard <laughs> on. The, the far right are very good at jumping onto um, working class and workers' issues. They're very good at identifying um uh, sort of those who are being oppressed and telling them, well, it's because of yeah. this. Look, it's the reason that the yeah, Nazis were the, the hard left. The left do it as well, though. Sure, but in terms of, in this specific example, um, uh, I mean, there's the reason that the Nazis were called the National Socialist Party, and it's because mm. Hitler and the far right really jumped onto it. Really, <laughs> it really has, but it's because they jumped onto the workers' revolts at the time and, and jumped into those sort of um, workers of the world. Uh, uh, Rhetoric, kind of thing. That's right. Even though, the, and, and, and Hitler, of course, formed a pact with Stalin. Even though yeah. he, at the same time, he was rounding up all, and killing communists. All I know is that I am very much in touch with these issues, and that is why my car is currently parked around the corner from where we're recording in Surrey Hills, literally at the front of the Communist Party of Australia. Oh, head office. yes, they are still there. They're still there. They're the still, sign in the window said closed. I took a photo of myself there. I was going, oh, I may put it up. I was going to send it to Lee Rhiannon because we have an in-joke, uh, <laughs> which I think is a joke. I think Lee just is just. She thinks I'm you're part of the capitalist <laughs> <Yeah. community. laughs> But, um, okay, so there is a yellow vest, the Australian Liberty Alliance, who yep. were run out of this group called Q Society, who are anti-Muslim, yep. right, have now changed their name to be part of what I believe is fairly obscure, maybe not obscure by European standards, but obscure by Australian standards, thing. And yet we've still chosen that Palmer is the one who gets away with the yellow campaign? No. <laughs> See that? That's See how I tied that in? That's just – I think that the take-home message is that all extremists are the same. If you're, if you're on the extreme left and the extreme right, it's not the left or the right that defines you. It's the extremism. And you can just – I don't honest, agree with that I don't agree with that at all. Not remotely. It's absolutely true. I don't think I have – sufficient vocabulary to sort of rebut that without sitting down and thinking about it. But I, I don't agree with it at all. I don't also have sufficient vocabulary, but I will still hold a firm position. Stalin, right. Hitler, Stalin, Hitler, completely different ideologies. I'm sorry. Opposite, I'm, opposite ideologies, both killed Jews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Stop, stop for both, a second. Stop both, for, no, no. both formed the, a both formed okay. a okay. They, they run I, their I, I, outfits no, no. the same I way. agree on the principle that there are problems with the extreme left and the extreme right and that extremism in politics, in Australian politics as well as anywhere else. So when we're talking about extremism in Australian politics, you know, we've been looking at some of the micro parties that are a little bit more obscure, mm -hmm. a little bit more, you know, out there, right? But they're not extremists, right? Mm -hmm. These are people who all believe you should participate within the parliamentary process, um, you know, we're not talking about the extremists of, of the white nationalists and, and others kind of on, on the far, far left. I think, Joe, where I agree with you is there are problems with both extremism, be it on the left or on the mm, right. Absolutely there are. But I don't believe they're the same thing. What about the new IRA that just sprung up out of nowhere and shot that poor Horrible. journalist? Horrible. Horrible. Terrible. Are they extreme left or extreme right? Um, oh. 
okay. Thank you. It's exa- it's, 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 um, and this is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that there Jeez, are- this is the podcast where both AH and Joe have been right. <laughs> there you go. Can we just wrap it While being here? left. <laughs> oh, Wurum Ching. lot of talk this episode about the internet where elections are won and lost Uh, and of course every week we look to Twitter to see what's going on. Now of course we know that that, uh, Watergate has been you you got some stuff to say there. I I do have a lot to say. Call me a look I used to be a (laughs) sub-editor. Now firstly I will say that that Watergate is in fact (laughs) have some pride man (laughs) I will say that Watergate (laughs) is actually the the true Watergate. This is the true Watergate. Because yes. you know, how, okay, because it has always been a bugbear of every single English language pedant since 1972. So the Watergate scandal happens, right? Mm-hmm. Watergate is the name of the hotel where Richard yes. Nixon got recorded. Yep. Blah blah blah. It's called Watergate. And then every single scandal that's happened ever since then, everyone just adds a gate to it. So and you know. Kevin Rudd was accused of borrowing the U- it was Ute Gate. Ute Gate, yeah. And then it just goes on and on and on and on. So if you apply that rule to Watergate, Watergate would actually be Watergate Gate. Oh. You see, so, what, you see what I'm telling you? So this is the one so true. Watergate, that's right. So a scandal about the Watergate would have to be Watergate Gate. Mm. But a scandal about water can just be Watergate. So we've actually come full circle. Finally, we've got we've back to the purity of the gate Suffix. See, and of, of I'm co- sorry. No, I was going to say, of course, the whistleblowers in um, the original Watergate, or as we're calling it, Watergate Gate, were um, yeah. they used the name Deep Throat. So perhaps for this one, Sam, you said you've been contacted by some whistleblowers for Watergate. Would, would this perhaps be, I don't know, d- Deep Swallow? <laughs> oh. Oh. That's just. Ha- uh, I'm genuinely workshopping Firstly, you. it's not potable water, okay? You can't drink it. Okay, so they wouldn't be like big gulp. Um, I think it's That's bottled water. I think deep rinse. Deep rinse, deep rinse. Now, um, see, this is great because, as you both know, I was born in a small fishing village in northern Iran, and English is my second language. So I'm here. We're discussing politics, but I'm learning language. Oh, oh That's beautiful, Sam. What is your tweet of the week? <laughs> my tweet of the week is actually from the Australian Electoral Commission, which turned around and tweeted, right? Oh. Yeah, the Electoral Commission tweeted uh, uh, about the number of people that 96.8% of eligible Australians are enrolled. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's an all-time high in the history of youth enrolment, 88.8%, lucky number, of 18 to 24-year-olds. Oh, that's a bit of a worry, isn't it? I think it's fantastic. Oh, my but- God, you millennials. What are you, you're not old enough. You don't understand. You're 16 going on 17. Me? You're, well, the, all the millennials. I don't know. I call anyone under the age of 50 a millennial. Right. Like, but, but, Joe, you're under the age of 50. Okay, under the age of 42 and a half. But the, just, is the world ready? I think it's fantastic. They won't even let you wear of... a sombrero. They can't be deciding governments. <sighs> That is Joe's argument. Joe's only remaining left-wing cred on social media, like, like he hadn't blown it enough already yeah. by the way things are going, is now to turn around and have a go at people having a go at cultural appropriation of sombreros. That's exactly right. And I stand by that comment. Ole! <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's also fantastic. I, I want to know a... what the um, registration Wentworth is because isn't the rule that in Wentworth no one actually rocks up to vote because they just – 
don't give a rats and they just cop the fine because they're all so rich it doesn't matter. And I didn't to, know that. They've got to get back to their Beamer that's parked in a no-standing zone because they don't really care. Do you remember? Um, Getting the fine. Do you remember that, that, that photo of Tony Abbott coming back from, I don't know, a vote or a swim or something to a parking fine? Do you remember that photo? Yeah. It was great because the way his mouth was open and everything, like it was a photo that you could hear. You could actually hear him going, We'd all say that. That was a simpler time before he discovered a, uh, you know. Pants. Before he discovered (laughs) pants and before he discovered um, a uh, a, a street library. Just quickly, I know. (laughs) That wasn't that a face. Yeah. Anyway, let's not be too mad Tony because I think he's got enough problems, doesn't he? Like he's he's in a world of not enough for me. Oh, oh come I, on! I, I so I saw the odds. Yeah, I know, but the odds aren't always right. My, it was on a dollar sixty. Uh, Zali was on two thirty. What I'm told, right. the odds is, are always correct, Joe. They're Brent. always correct eventually, <laughs> but the odds haven't finished moving yet. Um, I'm told that Zali is good as gold in Moringa, but Karen's in a world of pain in Wentworth. But that's a, that's. I a, am that's hearing a that from the lips. Right, I'm hearing that from. Whatever the other side is, the, mm. I'm, I'm hearing it from the independent slash not Labor. Don't look oh, this way. Slash, yeah, I was going to say because the Labor guys get up slash because Labor's not polling slash, there, right? Labor doesn't bother to poll in these seats. The one I'm actually fascinated no. in is Greg Hunt's seat down. Um, with Julie Banks. Yes, because okay, when you sit on the left of politics, when they're these kind of right independent fights. A whole bunch of conservatives do their own polling and the independents do their polling and city stuff. When you sit on the Labor side of things, you don't – why would the Labor Party bother mm. to poll? I mean, it makes – you know, it's a Julie well, Banks. Well, Karen Phelps couldn't – I don't think the Phelps team commissioned a single poll in Wentworth. They were running absolutely blind. Labor commissioned one. Yeah, I think they did. Joe, what's yeah. your tweet of the week? Oh, I'm glad you asked, yeah. Um, my tweet of the week um, was brought to my attention. It was actually in response to a tweet of yours, Sam, and it comes from uh, someone called – at Bubbles 4000. So yep. sounds legit. Friend of the show, Bubbles Friend of the 4000. Show. Friend of the show, Bubs. Bubs, love you, Bubs. <laughs> he said, yeah, downloaded and deleted as soon as I realised that grub Joe Hildebrand was on it. Sam not too picky with the company he keeps. Not least to the fact that you know, he's insulted both of us. But all I no, want to know, I just have one all. question, just one question. Oh, the best part is that there is no way that um, Bubbles 4000 can ever respond to this because he's publicly stated that he is not listening to the show. Uh, yes. So, yes. Bubbles, if you're out there, so Can we take this back? Silent. So Bubbles, no longer friend of the show. No longer, no longer friend, friend of, the show. of the show. Or maybe quite a quiet Friendship friend ended of, with I'm friend. usually more professional. But all I, I want to know, downloaded and deleted, as, I, as soon as I realised that grub Joe Hildebrand, I just have one question, one question. Does that still count as a download? It does, hey. baby. Hey. Guys, my tweet of the week uh, comes from Australian Labor, from the oh. official account. Uh, not for the reasons that you you might think. I'm not about to applaud them for this one. So they've tweeted a play on Edward Scissorhands, Scott he? Scissorhands, He Was Made to Cut. Uh, now, the point that they're making is that he he can't be trusted when it comes to vital services like schools, hospitals, the NDIS, which is what they've they've said in that tweet. However, Edward Scissorhands was the protagonist. Oh, he, he was the hero. hero. He was the hero in the movie. Yes. So they've just... They done fucked up. Look. And not only that, if Scott Morrison is Johnny Depp, that means that Barnaby Joyce can stop his dogs from coming in the country. Oh. Oh. Look, I, I, th- I think any tweet that has a, that is meant to be woke, that has a reference to the 1980s movie. 
to a time before Twitter possibly existed, I think is very in touch. <laughs> yeah, but that's a pre-woke tweet. Everything was good in the 80s and 90s. This is the thing. Before you millennials <laughs> came along with your sombrero-hating ways. I was born in the 80s. <laughs> Yeah, but you weren't that you you weren't there to enjoy it. Okay. Joe's like you know one or two episodes away from start coming in and saying, oh, "I just want to complain about people mowing their lawns." <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on skateboarders. <laughs> Joe, what do what, what what's your feeling on leaf blowers? Look, I'll tell you. Here we go. Here we go. I'll tell Here you my go. feeling on leaf blowers. They are an agent of Satan. Except, of course, I do actually have a little leaf blower that I got from Bunnings, and it's quite fun when you use it. But anyone who's not at my end of it with the things. But I think, and I'm going to tell you this, and I know everyone is going to agree with me, civilization, human civilization peaked in the mid-1990s mm-hmm. and has been downhill ever since because that was when we had just enough internet to avoid a nuclear war but not too much so that everyone could post dick pics and whatever they had for brunch and what they thought about crap. Because, well, frankly, we don't care what you think about crap. You should care what we think about crap. I think sometimes a dick pic and what I've had for lunch is the high point of my day. Sometimes it's the same thing. <laughs> oh, and on that note, what are we? Uh, where I'm usually more professional. Uh, I'm A.H. Kaylee, Joe Hildebrand, thanks so much. Sam Dastiari, thanks so Thank much. Thank you, A.H. Kaylee, my favourite some, millennial. Yeah, let's go eat some dicks. <laughs> 